Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, hello, and welcome to Not So Good Ideas Podcast. I'm Bree here with Eleni. Hi, and welcome to another episode where we talk about interior design and try to entertain you guys at the same time. So how are you doing, Eleni? I feel like I haven't talked to you in forever. I've been good. I just, well, not just now, but last week I got back from High Point, so I'm just trying to settle in and woosah. How's Dylan? <laughs> Dylan's good. He just made us hot dogs. Okay. <laughs> no, Dylan's good. He definitely missed me. Um, the house was interesting when I got back. <laughs> so there was that I had to take care of too. Uh, the dogs definitely went crazy too. Um, but I just, I completely isolated for two days after I got back. I just couldn't speak or I'm an introvert, you know, mm-hmm. like to decompress. Oh yeah, I am too. <laughs> There's a lot of socializing that goes on there. And while it's good, it's like good to make connections and all that stuff. It's just like, I can only do like two hours at a time, max. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot for sure. Yeah. How are you, though? What have you been up to? I'm good. I've been just grinding. I feel like we've both been working really hard. Mm-hmm. So busy, busy. It is. It's a busy time. And I feel like it's always around when everyone wants to take like a summer vacation is when it gets like really busy. And all you can think about is the beach and relaxing and it's just nowhere in sight. I think it makes it worse. I know. It's really nowhere in sight. I feel like I had too many vacations at the beginning of the year and now I'm like, oh, I need another one. That's how I feel. But I feel like my vacations that I take 
our like quick ones like I always do like three day ones like try to include on the weekend and it's not necessarily like a relaxing type of like trip (laughs) and I feel like I've had like 20 of those I'm about to have three more um (laughs) oh my gosh yeah but I like my type of vacation is like three weeks like nobody talk to me nobody bother me I crisp and tan and warm (laughs) and eating sandwiches by the beach and drinking pina coladas (laughs) well that's because you're you're used to like going to greece for like a long period of time with your family so yeah i'm i'm sure you're feeling like you miss it i want (laughs) to go i miss it (laughs) i'm so sad i want to go this year so bad but i don't think it's in the plan for us yeah we did have a really big year last year, so. Yeah, that's true. That we did get true. married there. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> no, I want to go on a vacation too, but it's not in the cards. It's just not. I feel like every time we like try to plan it, it's just like something deters us away from it. And we're just like, we'll wait, we'll wait, we'll wait. And I'm like, no it's slipping away (laughs) i know well it's already mid-april i can't even believe it that's crazy that's (laughs) because i was like yeah we'll go somewhere in july it's it's really close to july (laughs) and nothing is booked (laughs) Mm -hmm. no we have to well eric's friend from college is getting married in june and then it's also his grandma's birthday in June, Willow's mm-hmm. birthday in June. Oh, yeah. So we're like, boom, 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 boom. I'm nervous for what's to come because I feel like the next few months are going to be crazy. Oh, man. At least it'll be warmer, hopefully. But it's, it, it makes things better when it's warm outside. <laughs> it really does. The, over the weekend, we had like a little warm spurt. It was like one day of warmth and it was so nice. We went outside and we were playing with chalk with Willow and it felt like it really felt like spring. And then today we had a snowstorm. (laughs) I feel like it was the opposite for us here. It was like really cold this weekend. And then today it was 80 degrees or today and yesterday. And I was like, what in the world? Oh, my God. 80 (laughs) degrees sounds amazing. It's nice when you're out at the beach, but not when you're inside working. So <laughs> that's true. That's true, true. <laughs> but do you have a not so good idea you want to share? Um, okay, yes, I do have a not so good idea. So I know you're a Twilight lover, Lenny. <laughs> <laughs> and so am I. I can't deny that I like Twilight too. <laughs> And I'm also a big reader. I've mm-hmm. been reading. I think I'm on like 15 books this year. Already. Wow. <laughs> That's really good. I know. But I started a series. I was kind of wanting, you know, a story that kept going. I was getting bored of like one small book and then starting something totally new. So I decided to start a series and I saw it's called the Crave series mm-hmm. and it's I'm sure you've seen it like at the store. It looks pretty much just like Twilight. Like really? Like the Twilight books. Yeah. So I tried it. It's so good. I, really? I, I know you would like it, Eleni. So I had to tell oh, you. I need to read it. 
I love Twilight. (laughs) Somehow um, got through four books of the series already. Wow, girl, look at you! (laughs) Two weeks. Um, And I was, my not so good idea is I kind of rushed through it really fast. And then I went to read the fifth book because everyone was posting about it. And then I realized it's not even out yet. So (sighs) I got ahead of myself there. I feel like that's the hard part about like reading series is like, I try to rush through them too so I can get to the next one, but I don't even absorb what I'm reading. reading. (laughs) I do that too. Yeah. I definitely was rushing through it really fast the books are like 700 pages each to the lead like that's the smallest one so mm-hmm. yeah i was probably rushing through it oh man <laughs> but i know you would like it so if you do read you should try those books okay i need to i need to start reading again <laughs> i've been bad very bad uh-oh i've like like I grew up just watching TV all the time. It was such a bad habit. And I just like, I, any chance I get, I'll watch TV. And I know that's so bad, but like, if I do, if I'm able to break away from it and read, like I will get like hyper-focused on reading. So I'm, I just have to break, break the chain. <laughs> that's what I'm this exactly the same way. Like I will get addicted to the TV and like, this new show came out on Netflix and it's something about it's like a baking show it's called like is it cake I don't Mm -hmm. know if you've seen it and I watched like the whole thing in one day and then I was like okay I get like two in two was it good it was good I thought it was funny I I made Eric basically what they're doing they like try to decide if something if it's in just a, ra- a random object or if it's cake right and so I made Eric like watch it with me and guess if things were cake or not and <laughs> I just it was just light and easy <laughs> I remember <laughs> seeing things about that but I I felt like that was a thing that's been a thing like on TikTok and YouTube like it was a thing like a trend like cake or fake or cake oh. or not and so to see them like make a show out of it is really interesting it's like it. a yeah it's a classic netflix show you know like <laughs> silly a little bit but mm-hmm. just i'm the same way though i get like addicted to tv and then i can't stop yep so yeah <laughs> speaking of my not so good idea has to do with a netflix show oh. <laughs> it's called the ultimatum have you heard of it i've never heard of that okay well have you seen um Love is Blind? Yes. Okay, so it's basically a spin-off from that. It's with the same like directors and hosts or whatever with Nick Lachey and his wife. Mm-hmm. But it's basically a group of people that come on as couples and one of the partners has given the other partner an ultimatum. It basically it's like either marry me or we're done. And the majority oh. of them, yeah, this is a reality TV show. And I was like, this is this is a crazy concept. Like, who came up with this? Yeah. And I was so scared to watch it because it's just like I like getting secondhand embarrassment for them. Like the fact that you brought your partner 
onto the show, like thinking, <laughs> like thinking that they would end up being like, oh no, like I really love you. But the, okay, the premise of it, let me backtrack a little bit. <laughs> All these couples come on, they spend one final night together, and then they're for like three weeks are supposed to mingle with all these other people they're technically single after that first night together and you can see your partner like flirting with other men or other Mm. women like right in front of you like hearing them like laugh and like getting like real close and intimate and then what yeah they do like a week of that and then they have to like pick a person that they spend like the next three weeks like basically in isolation like a simulation of like being married and they pick in front of their partners like they are like okay joshua you're sitting right next to me the love of my life i want to marry i get up and i pick you nick like let's live together for three weeks because i've found a really good connection with you and like it's almost like i don't know it's so I don't get that concept. It's terrible. Like, why would you ever bring your partner onto the show? And a lot of them start realizing, like, they like should have never brought them onto this because they're like, I thought it would have done the opposite. Like, they would have been like completely unattracted to all these people. But mm-hmm. no. And then the people that gave out the ultimatum are the ones that like don't make a com- connection with anyone. So it's almost like a lose lose for them. lost their partner and they're also not making a connection with anyone i'm like this is such a bad idea this is such a bad idea so did you did you watch the whole thing i haven't finished it i stayed up pretty late last night watching it because it was really addicting but i am interested to see what happens oh no no see those kind of shows i cannot lie I was hesitant to watch it because I was just like, you know, you always like put yourself in their shoes and you kind of get like a little agitated. And I was just mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I was getting secondhand embarrassment. A lot <laughs> That's of- exactly what I would do. I would just get embarrassed for them. And I'd, like, that makes me feel sad. Yeah, it was really sad. Like a lot of people were crying because they were just like seeing <laughs> their partner like falling in love with other people. And I'm just like, I, it's one thing to break up and like out of sight, out of mind, you know, like move on, but to mm-hmm. see it like happening in front of you, that's horrible. That, that is, is horrible. No, no, thank you. <laughs> Anyways, that's my tangent, but <laughs> wow, that I, I would not watch that, but I see you're addicted to TV too. You watch the whole series. <laughs> If I could have, I would have stayed up all night and watched it. I was, when we get into my good idea, I'll explain. But anyways. You can go ahead and get into your good idea. Okay, I finally got a gym membership. (gasps) Yay! But anyways, I was at the gym and I had my like Netflix on my phone and I was watching it while I was on the treadmill. Oh no. I was like, what are you watching? And I was like, what? Huh? <laughs> I was like, oh, the ultimatum is a Netflix show. <laughs> oh my God. I can just imagine you on the treadmill watching that. I was for like an hour. <laughs> oh my gosh. But that's oh. good. That's a good thing. Yeah. What about you? What's a good idea you had this week? Um, 
Well, I was in need of new shoes and I guess most people know this about me, but I'm a big Converse addict. I've been wearing them since I was in elementary school. I've had every color <laughs> you can possibly think of. Um, so yeah, I guess my good idea is I customized two new pairs of Converse. Oh. Um, yeah, and they just got here this week. I haven't seen them yet, but I'm excited to see them because I did, I custom made a pair of Converse for my wedding and then the Converse website took down like the option of customizing. Oh, really? For like a year. Yeah. Why? I guess people, I guess they've been getting popular again. Like, I don't know if you've noticed, but everyone seems to be wearing Converse these days. Yeah. And I guess something, I think something about customizing went viral and they weren't able to like keep up with it. So they took it down. So I wasn't able to customize anything. No. <laughs> uh, so I saw the other day that they have it back up. So I customized two pairs. You can't do like all the old things. Like I could never make my wedding shoes again. Like they don't Aww. let you do any of that. But Well, that's good. That's kind of special. It is special, but it's just funny. I'm like obsessed with Converse, so I'm excited <laughs> to get those. <laughs> Yay. I'm excited to see them. We have to share them. I'll have to post. Well, photos. you don't. You don't have to, so no one copies your idea. But you can do like <laughs> you know a little am about that. <laughs> uh, no, we I got a green pair. We keep a lot of things, but we gate gatekeep our custom things. <laughs> I mean, you have to. <laughs> I did get a brown pair and a green pair, so mm, I like yes. both of those colors right now. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I'm excited to see them. <sighs> Okay, so today we wanted to just do like a catch-up episode basically and kind of talk to all of our new listeners and everyone who's been here since the beginning and update you all and answer a few questions that we've seen on Instagram and also kind of talk about Eleni's experience at High Point. So we've been getting a lot of downloads the last few weeks and a lot of new People are listening to the podcast, and we just recently ranked number 22 out of all the design podcasts, <laughs> which is really exciting. And and we've been super excited because we've been having a lot of really cool guests on, and we have a really good lineup that is coming up soon. We really appreciate it when you guys give us feedback. Um Especially when you go, you know, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, and you rate and leave us a review, it really helps us grow and um, get our podcast out to a broader audience. So speaking of exciting new guests, we have a lot of really fun people lined up to come on, and one of them actually came out of Eleni's experience at High Point, which is really exciting. <laughs> I don't know if you guys followed along on Instagram, but she kind of walked everyone through her weekend at High Point, and it was really fun. I'm sure you guys saw after day two, I didn't upload anything. That is a testament to how tired I was. So apologies for not continuing the entire week, but I had to had to rest at some point. <laughs> I feel like you gave us a lot of good content and showed everyone a sneak peek of what it's like 
at high point yeah I feel like especially like the first time I went to high point I was like wow like this is so cool like everything was like mind-blowing and um like really inspiring and I took maybe like 600 pictures when I was there and every time I go it's just like I get a little bit more used to it which not to say is I'm uninspired by it but I see it more now as work when I go it's not Disney World anymore (laughs) yeah I can see that but it is definitely better to see it in person if you have the opportunity to go I would definitely go especially if you're a designer or you're just looking to get pieces for your home um you especially if you're a designer you can make a lot of really good connections I feel like we made a couple through the podcast for sure um and just being able to see pieces in real life that you would typically just see online or in a catalog um changes your perspective on many things but it would have been nice to have Brie there too we could have done it together (laughs) So next I year, am jealous. Next year, bring Brie with me. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna plan on it. Seriously, and that way we can have like way more content for you guys. <laughs> and maybe my feet will hurt less if Brie's there. <laughs> <laughs> we can we can make it more fun for sure. Yeah, but it was it was fun. It was. Um, definitely a social hour every hour so if you are introverted (laughs) to any degree it's a lot to handle but Mm -hmm. at the same time it's good to get out of your shell and you know talk to a lot of people I met some people that I had made acquaintance with in the past but I got to know them a little bit better um some have a really big impact in the design world in terms of like sustainability. So I got to talk to them, you know, about that and hear the panels that they went on. Um, So I feel like I definitely got to learn a little bit more about that world. I feel like we definitely use sustainability in our designs, but we're not necessarily like super hyper-focused into it. So Mm -hmm. I thought that aspect of market was really cool. Um, there was so many vendors that, you know, reused, um, you know, plastic waste or garment waste because, you know, like fast fashion is what one of the leading causes of pollution. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so it's plastic use and, you know, seeing how you could reuse that in furniture, um, and in upholstery is really cool. That's exciting. I feel like that would have been interesting to see. It was cool, yeah. Um, Definitely something you don't see. Well, you see it, but you don't really see, like, how it's put into production, how it's made. So it's good to get, like, the backstory of that side through the manufacturers. So I thought that was was fun. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like you saw some really, like, new and different pieces too while you were there like those butterflies that you posted were really interesting yeah the Kenneth Coben Pugh always has really cool like futuristic pieces and that was kind of the story for what um, our firm was looking for this year was kind of that dreamscape 
vibe that we're seeing through a lot of you know nfts now mm-hmm. and so we're just trying to find anything that stood out and looked almost like retro futuristic so and we talked about retro futurism in one of our episodes so if you don't know what retro futurism is go back and listen <laughs> you better go listen yeah and then you can come back and then press play continue but yeah i love retro futurism it's definitely coming back um also i feel like too when people are talking about you know, what trends they see, it's almost like kind of what trends you're looking for. So it's hard to set aside what you're attracted to and see um, what is actually trending. But what I did see is a lot of neutrals. Mm -hmm. Surprisingly, I didn't see that many colors. Um, I saw a lot of Sherpa. (laughs) Oh, no. And I saw a lot of I don't want to say mm, knockoffs but I saw a lot of recreations of vintage pieces and so I don't know in terms of like trending it's kind of been on the same like wavelength that it has been for the past couple of years so nothing too crazy yeah but I did see shades of brown that we had talked about in our last um or one of our episodes about trends and interiors um but I was looking for that like I was like hey, do I see it do I see shades brown <laughs> <laughs> I did I also saw a lot of green which we also talked about in our episode and definitely a lot of biophilia incorporated pieces and I saw a lot of Venetian plaster inspired wallpapers in the showroom. So I think we're on to something in that episode. <laughs> oh my gosh. We just got sent like a hundred of those fake Venetian plaster wallpapers, mm-hmm. which they're really cool, but they're also really expensive. They are, especially if they're like the textured ones. And it, which is crazy. It's like you could just get. Do, do some Venetian plaster for the price of the wallpaper that looks like it. Exactly. But I guess it's like for a space like that where it's a showroom and, you know, you have to be versatile with it. It makes sense to remove it. But, yeah, for the price, I'm just like, yikes. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people want it, though. We just did it. We just put wallpaper in, like, four rooms of a house mm-hmm. this week. So, in each room is like a dark and moody wallpaper, but they're all different. It's really exciting. Ooh. So, yes. <laughs> There's a lot of really cool wallpapers out there. I love wallpapers. Me and not too. like it's you inspiring. know the old grandma wallpapers. I'm talking about like, you know, the sexy, cool, new, moody <laughs> wallpapers. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if you haven't seen what's coming out, maybe you you would just assume they're like the old what did they had like butterflies and like fire trucks on them like they were crazy (laughs) yeah like very (laughs) strange but these are like something totally different yeah it's like architectural detailing is what a lot of them look like Mm -hmm. which is I think really cool (laughs) yeah I just got a new wallpaper sample and it's like um the texture is almost like a seashell like scales almost 
and so when you put it up it's like scales repeated like a thousand times on the wall it looks really cool That is really cool. yeah and it's like iridescent so it kind of like depending on the light looks like a whole bunch of different colors and then we got another one and it's actual like feathers like hundreds No of feathers way. on top of each other yeah so there's some crazy <laughs> ones out there Would they have to vacuum the wall with all the feathers? Well, no, I'm saying that because, like, have you seen those, like, fur walls and those fur ceilings that you have to vacuum? <laughs> I bet they'd have to like do some dusting, but they're almost like they're really thin, almost like bird feathers, like small. So it's, it's just crazy. Yeah. That's cool, though. Yeah. I feel like I there's love that. a lot, a lot of new stuff, but also I know what you mean. I was just looking for furniture for a client and it seems like everything's kind of the same. Like there's It is. a lot of the same everywhere. And I don't know if that's because of like overproduction or like overstimulation. Like we've kind of seen everything and Back then, I feel like they probably did the same thing where everything looked the same. But I don't know. There was like a time period of like 10 years where companies were coming out with really cool new things. But I feel like everything now is like a re replica of the replica of the replica of the replica. So it's getting a little ugh, muddy. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it is. And it's hard because it's like, this is our job. And like, we, we're trying to find these unique pieces for people. But then you see like the same thing a 100 times, or then you see something really nice and special is replicated on like, um, the not the nicest <laughs> website or store, Yep. you know, and that's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> um, Which, yeah, it just leads us to do a lot of custom work, but custom work takes a lot of time. So it's like, And money, yeah, definitely. yeah, and money and lead time. So Mm -hmm. it is the lesser of two evils or what is that word? Catch 22. <laughs> Yeah, but also um, it just makes me more inspired when we like have these guests on because I feel like we're finding like artisans and people who are doing things Like totally different and I wouldn't necessarily always think about every guest we have on using their stuff in a project but now I'm kind of thinking about that more and kind of thinking about how we can be more original I guess Mm yeah and diverse -hmm. with our designs I definitely agree yeah every time me and Brie get off of an interview with a guest we're like oh, wow that was great we're definitely using them in the project <laughs> yes <laughs> that's the behind the scenes talk after every interview we have we're like mind blown <laughs> Seriously, I'm always like, how can I use them in the project? And I'm always thinking about it, but it doesn't seem like it's ever like the right project. But there will be. Don't worry, there will be. I'm excited to see it, especially I feel like you probably can use them more with like residential design, too, because I feel like clients are more willing to pay more for art and, Mm-hmm. you know, want to have those pieces in terms of like commercial, though, like hmm, they never really want to pay too much for the art. I <laughs> feel that for sure. but I definitely want to use them some some way, somehow I will. I could see you doing like um Elfie's fuzzy friends, like a big rug on the wall Mm hmm. That would at, be in like really a restaurant. cool. Yeah, that would be really cool.
I feel like I want our upcoming guest um, next week creates these like custom wall pieces and I and also lighting. Those are really cool. Yeah, I really want to custom make um, some sconces for a client. I feel like her pieces are really cool. So maybe I could do that. You guys should do like the whole back and forth designer artisan convo (laughs) through the podcast. Everyone gets like a real feel of how that works. (laughs) That's a good idea. Yeah, you could go more into that. But it, that takes hours. I don't know if you guys have that time. <laughs> it really does. The back and forth between samples and mm-hmm. payments and what the client wants versus the artist. It's a whole thing. It is. <laughs> it takes a few weeks. <laughs> Sometimes longer. Yeah. The communication like accumulate accumulatively. Is that a word? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it takes like a few weeks if you add all those hours together. <laughs> exactly. And that's usually something like it kind of tells you what an interior designer does. Like usually a client doesn't really want to spend all those hours talking to an artist, looking at samples, picking the best one, all the stuff that goes into it. So I feel like that's just an exa- another example of what we do. Yeah. on a day-to-day basis we are the middleman <laughs> the are. one and only middleman <laughs> making a lot of decisions behind the scenes for our clients oh yeah it's not as easy as one little click <laughs> no I had a client tell me that one time they're like how hard is it to click and check out and pay and I was like <gasps> oh my gosh People. I was crying I was like it's not like that no people don't understand we just recently had a client or a potential client say so what does an interior designer need why do you need the drawings that the architect made like why can't why can't you just go off of their drawings and I was like well we need to come up with our own drawings yeah you can't just let the contractor guess (laughs) but people don't understand that side so and it's our job to explain it and we don't mind explaining it but I don't know sometimes I feel a little bit insulted but it's okay it's part of the job <laughs> yeah it's funny how in the U.S. Um, people have this weird connotation of interior design but then if you go to any other country um, an interior designer an interior architect is like highly like regarded everyone loves them yeah they're like at the same level as an architect I know it's so strange and I know from like our own personal experiences that we are doing the same thing (laughs) the same exact things as an architect so it's just that's just the U.S. for you (laughs) I think part of the reason why and I'm not going to blame it all on it but there's you know, certain TV programs that have, you know, shows about interior design. And a lot of the times what you're seeing is the last final pieces of design. And maybe that's just like the styling or that's what the whole show is, is really just styling. And Mm -hmm. I feel like they don't get into the nitty gritty of interior design. And so maybe that's where that 
I don't know, judgment came from about it being a little bit easier is from watching those shows because, I mean, I thought that too before I started, you know, studying and I'm sure you did too when we were at school. I was like, oh, wow, a lot goes into this. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. That's actually one of our, one of the questions we got from a listener Mm -hmm. just asking us more about what we think of all of these interior um, quote-unquote interior design shows <laughs> that we see um, but I would say a lot of them don't show like the business side of things too mm-hmm. which is like literally 75% of what I do like yeah and you don't see the real interactions that you're having with the client as well like there's just so many aspects that aren't shown you know yeah it's almost like Instagram with like anyone's personal life. Like you're not going to show the behind the scenes. <laughs> exactly. It's we're all highlights. struggling. <laughs> yeah. Just, it's like a big highlight reel exactly. of interior design. Yeah. I think I those shows for me personally just like leave kind of a bad taste in my mouth. I don't know why. It's nothing like in particular and it's nothing like towards the designers that are on those shows I just think it's kind of the way that it's been produced but Mm -hmm. yeah I just I'm not inspired by them particularly I feel like they have the producers have a specific agenda that that they you know want the designer to produce and they have to go off of that and I understand that but at the same time like I don't think there's anything really creative being done and if it is we don't see it so (laughs) yeah you don't see a lot of that side or like how many times the designers selecting materials and mm-hmm. you know reselecting and just all that stuff and then also designers that you're seeing on these shows um you really notice their personal style in every single project yeah it's almost like there is no client like the client has no say or if they do i mean they're on tv so it's like you can't really say right (laughs) they all look exactly the same I feel like and as a real designer none of my projects no (laughs) yeah there's a lot of little things like that that just I mean it's not realistic no not at all but I mean I can I, I can understand why you know people would watch those shows like I know my mom watches a lot of them just to get kind of inspiration for herself but I think in terms of getting a reality of what you know interior designers do that is not realistic (laughs) yeah I agree it is it can be inspiring and yeah it's fun um I think there's some shows that do it better than others yeah that can be really inspiring and um, you know, I still watch some with my grandma. She loves to watch them. So, <laughs> but I wouldn't say, yeah, they're accurate in our stressors of being an yeah. interior designer. There's one that I watched with my mom and it was pretty good. It was called like Windy City or something. It was in hmm. Chicago mm-hmm. and she flipped like these historical um, residential homes but like kept the architectural integrity and I think she did a really good job and so that that was one that I was like okay 
you know, I'll give it a chance, but I haven't really seen any others since then. No, I've seen some, if you really want like a good, a closer look at things, I actually have seen some interior designers start YouTube channels and Mm. they like walk you through each day in the life of what they're doing. And they have like some episodes. I mean, every episode is totally different because every day for us is like completely different. So I feel like maybe YouTube is like a better source for. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like you get the whole process of interior design. So maybe one day we'll have a YouTube of our podcast interviews (laughs) yeah on patreon anyways (laughs) yeah we're thinking of starting a patreon yeah so let us know if you guys would like that we'd have some really cool exclusive things on there if you're interested we don't want to do it if no one is interested but just a thought put it out in the universe Mm -hmm. and you know that cool giveaway we did we'd probably do more of those just exclusively through our patreon um but yeah we'll see yeah we definitely if you guys missed it we did a giveaway right when we started the podcast um we selected styling pieces and kind of curated them and gave them to someone who's been supporting us us from the beginning so we definitely want to do more of that yes yes (laughs) so another question that we've been asked on our instagram is what advice we would give to interior design students and how to build a good portfolio where to start how to gain connections all that eleni do you want to start us off (laughs) in terms of portfolio i feel like that's an easy one to start off on If you're in school for interior design, which it sounds like you are, and this is kind of, you know, going for anyone who is, I would bust my butt on the projects I'm working on. Um, I feel like those are great pieces to put into your portfolio, especially the ones like give off, you know, your personal skills, your personal style. Um, And if you're really passionate about those projects, presenting your portfolio to, you know, a future employer just makes it all that better. If you're presenting a project that you're not too proud of, it will definitely show, I feel like, in the interview and it will show in your portfolio. Yeah, I agree with that. And I also think um, make sure that each one of your projects are cohesive, but they also have like a range of different things that you can do like different mm-hmm. aspects of interior design that you're good at, different style choices, so that when you go out looking for a job, I mean, you seem very versatile. Definitely. That's yeah. a good, good one. And I feel like depending on where you're going to school, a lot of those studios will make you kind of use a different style, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. I know not all. We, we're very privileged. <laughs> At the school that we went to, being number one interior design school. But um, I would say also, for me personally, internships weren't as important just because we had the luxury of spending like hours, days, months on these projects and pretty much pouring our hearts, our souls, our everything. Yes, into the project. So. I feel like my 
portfolio from school only was very strong just yeah. because I mean that's if you are working really hard on those projects definitely and I mean even like in the summertime you can like take a little bit of time on the side and do like a little passion project and use mm -hmm. all the skills you've learned from school and also put that in the portfolio I don't see any harm necessarily in doing that especially because when you're working at a firm as an intern a lot of the work that you're going to be producing isn't necessarily going to be yours um, unless you work at a smaller firm I just there's rules to what you can put into your portfolio and sometimes you'll make it out of that internship without being able to really use anything that's true that's very true <laughs> also um for me personally i used uh, aspects of like other art forms that i was really good at and put those in my portfolio because i feel like if you go out into the real world people want to see everything that you're good at because you can be bringing something else to the table. So mm -hmm. for me, I brought in, I had a lot of photography in my portfolio, portfolio. So I could take that a step further and do interior design photography if I wanted right. to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Great idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. How to gain connections. I feel like a start would be getting a mentor, um, someone who's either, you know, a year above you in school or has already graduated and you have a connection to them. Um, I think a great a mentor is a great way to kind of gain insight into the real world and also gain connections through them. I mean, typically a mentor like cares about you and your future and, you know, are typically in the same field as you. So I feel like they will help you get on your feet. This could also be a professor. I mean, it could really be anybody. But starting with that, um, I think is a great way to start making connections if you're starting at zero <laughs> yeah and also I'd say don't be afraid to just reach out to people I mean if you see an interior designer or an artist that inspires you I've learned this from personal experience like don't be afraid to just reach out I feel yeah. like when I was in school I don't know if I would have necessarily just reached out to anyone because I guess you just have to think everyone's just human and we're all just you right. know, connections is important to everyone so I think people are more than willing to help you if you just reach out definitely that is very true though so when you're in school everything seems so intimidating and um, building connections it can be really hard and I think yeah even the smallest connections, like those can be the best. I mean, you don't okay. have to go to the biggest firm, like meet someone who works at the biggest firm in the United States, you know, starting oh. small is good. Yeah, I, especially too, if you work for a smaller firm, I feel like that's where you'll make the most connections because you're so involved in what that firm is doing that you're at every event every phone call every email and before you know it you'll have like 500 connections you didn't even know exactly so yeah it, it starts small but then it kind of just blows up you don't even realize it 
It really does. And I think that's where Eleni and I both were kind of on the same track in school and we neither of us wanted to go to like a larger firm. That wasn't really the end game for us. And mm -hmm. I feel like for us, it was really beneficial because we kind of got to learn things more on a personal level and we've seen every aspect of the design. And for me, I've learned so much like on the business side, <laughs> it gives me a headache. <laughs> Our next question is kind of going into the metaverse and designing for digital spaces. Um, they said they think it'll be a growth opportunity for architects and designers in the coming years, but it will also present completely new design challenges. I agree. Um, I feel like we've been thinking about this one for a little while, especially, you know, we've brought up the topics of NFTs. Um, we haven't really mentioned the metaverse yet on the podcast, but it's definitely something we see every day now. Um, and I think as designers, we're kind of gearing up for this whole new world, <laughs> It really is a whole new world. I don't, I feel like with the whole process of, you know, what we've been going through with the renderings in the past years, I feel like renderings have been becoming extremely realistic. And I can't say that I'm shocked <laughs> that we're heading in that direction, but it is a little bit scary because it is unknown I don't really know how to feel about it necessarily I mean renderings and like creating digital spaces is so much fun mm -hmm. and it makes it gives you the opportunity to be like completely creative but also like the thought of like this whole new world <laughs> online is kind of scary daunting it is scary. And I feel like in terms of the next step for designers, it's probably good to start thinking about it because I feel like not to mention a monetary gain, but I feel like that's where the money is going to be. And that's where, you know, it's coming in right now. Um, I saw that like Facebook is hiring for metaverse designers and the paycheck on that is pretty crazy <laughs> so, I don't know I feel like I, I'm more than willing to jump in but I kind of I'm kind of scared <laughs> it's an interesting thought and it's weird to think about everything switching over like this like mm -hmm. at one point I wonder if things in the metaverse or online are going to become like your house online is more important than your real house. You know, that's, it's kind of scary. It's crazy. It is scary. But then I think about like how I was so addicted to like playing Sims. I know that's not really a good comparison, <laughs> but that game was extremely addictive. And so I can see how this could make it 10 times worse being immersed into a virtual realm. It is a weird thought to think we're all going to be wearing our virtual reality goggles and having <laughs> our controllers and going over to each other's houses in the metaverse. <laughs> a little Oculus brains. <laughs> a little strange. 
It is strange. I feel like it's a hard concept for me to grasp. I feel like it's been everywhere, but it's also just really, really new for me to totally dive into. It's definitely new and I think it's going to keep changing. So it's kind of hard for us to really say much about it Yeah, because it's ever evolving sort of just like NFTs and all the crazy stuff that's happening in the digital world. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, to backtrack on what you said, like making, you know, a space where you can be a little bit more creative. I feel like, you know, we both love doing renderings and I'm sure a lot of designers and architects do. I feel like that's another way to make supplemental income, which I think is important. I mean, for anybody um, selling an NFT of your rendering as easy as it is could make a lot of money so Mm -hmm. that's very true it's a good all right eleni let's go sell our renderings (laughs) (laughs) all right logging off now (laughs) see you later that's the the end of the episode gotta go in the metaverse (laughs) let me go get my goggles wait hold on i just had a revolutionary idea we're gonna have the first ever metaverse podcast okay oh. <laughs> where me and we're gonna render ourselves like at a little table and you guys can come <laughs> sit with us and watch us talk in our <laughs> rendered metaverse home yeah i'm gonna make myself like super hot in it so <laughs> <laughs> oh god and i'm gonna make like a little cocoa and a little blue have them running around in the background distracting us <laughs> see this is it gets so weird like, it does well thank you guys so much for listening to this episode it was just kind of like a chit chat one with you we just wanted to catch up and we're very excited with how things are going with the podcast and any support you can give us we really would appreciate all of your ratings and your reviews have been really helpful mm-hmm. and we love getting your messages on instagram telling us what you want to hear and what you're thinking of the episode so keep them coming yeah we really do get excited when we get messages from you guys we're like yes we have a topic <laughs> yeah we love it i feel like there's a lot you guys want to hear so just let us know and we can cover it yes but as always, you can follow us on Instagram at notsogood.ideas. See sneak peeks of what we're going to be talking about next week. And also leave us comments, suggestions, reviews, retweets, all of the above. <laughs> Five star uh, ratings. Yeah, seriously. And share it to your mom, your dad, your grandma your grandpa your brothers your sisters your cat your cat sitter (laughs) anyone who has ears share the podcast (laughs) (laughs) please do but yeah thank you guys so much for listening hope you have a good week bye-bye bye
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.